would need some light from the entrance. Um, what an extraordinary room. I mean, just never, are we still in 2020? Um, just never, I, I, I was heartbroken, frankly. I didn't know what was going on, and I caught wind of it on, on one of my news feeds, and I was at work and at, at home, and um, and I told Carrie to turn on the TV. She said, we've, we've got it on, and uh, I said, there's something going on in D.C., and, and I was truly heartbroken by, by, by the event, um, and uh, been heartbroken I haven't necessarily sounded like it or acted like it with people I've been heartbroken over the events of the last couple of years um, with constant rioting did any of you know that there's been nightly rioting in Portland I thought yeah there's been nightly rioting in Portland ever since ever since this happened um, so it's just unbelievable, and and I was heartbroken to see uh, what happened at, at the Capitol building. Um, and yes, I've been one of those that when I've typed out Capitol, I've interchanged the A with an O and back again. So uh, spelling was never one of my things. Grammar, whatever. But what we want to do today is take a few minutes and talk about what's been on the LCMC website this past week. And we had three days of prayer. Uh, that the LCMC was uh, uh, doing, encouraging uh, us to pray. And, and I just want to recap those, those items, if I could, with some scripture. And, and regardless of our political bent, that ultimately does not matter. What matters ultimately, ultimately what matters is not who's in office, not who has the best political party, whether you get a $2,000 stimulus or none at all, none of it matters. What matters, plain and simple, is Jesus. The gospel message that Jesus saved hasn't changed. It's not going to change. And, and I hate to be the bearer of some news today, but I want to tell you that America is nowhere mentioned in the Bible in the end times. Hello, it's not. It isn't about you in America and me in America. Ultimately, it's not about President Trump or President Biden. It is about Jesus, and it's about God's plan for this late, great planet Earth. Hal Lindsey. I mean, come on. But no, I, I'm not making a joke. I'm being serious. We, we are, time keeps ticking away, if you haven't noticed. Time keeps ticking away. You can't stop it. I can't stop it. The end times are coming. But Jesus still saves. And by the way, he still heals. He's still a God of restoration. So two quick praise reports. Shared this on Facebook Live yesterday. Jim and Carolyn Angel are doing wonderful. <laughs> praise the Lord. Pastor Billy and Melissa are recovering. We want to continue to pray for them, and, and we, will, we will shortly. A friend of mine who's a missionary had a very specific financial need. 
Didn't share it with anybody. Very specific financial needs. Didn't share it with anybody. And a church handed him a check for $8,500 out of the clear blue. Guess what it did? It met the need. This week, this week, God still answers prayer. God is still on the throne. And we still have a high priest that we can go boldly to. And his name is Jesus. That's the message. And people need to hear what God has done for me. I share that almost every week on Facebook. Someone needs to hear what God has done for me. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, the veil between by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony, you have a testimony. There's something inside of you that Jesus has done for you that someone needs to hear. Doesn't matter who's in office. Doesn't matter if Big Kent silences conservatives or not. Doesn't matter. Someone in your circle, somewhere under your influence, your, your sphere of influence needs to hear what God has done for you. Because I'm here to tell you that ultimately, Jesus reigns. And God is still on the throne. And his plan for the late great planet Earth has not and is not going to change. Regardless of who's in office. Anyway. So. In spite of our, our nation's current distress, you and I need to be fervent. We need to be praying fervently. And the LCMC this week has set aside three days for three specific areas of prayer. And I just want to go through those quickly with you this morning if I could. Looking in Luke chapter 10, verse 22, Jesus said, all things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. And then in Hebrews 1, 1 through 2, the Scripture says this, Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. So in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. We need to be praying, not just this past week, but through the rest of 2021, that God would reveal himself and the truth of his word to us in whatever way we need him to. I'm going to repeat that. That's, that's actually, to me, that's very profound. Because so often we just pray, God, show me who you are. Or, or God... I just need you to show yourself to me. And maybe you already have, but you haven't been paying attention. We do do that sometimes. I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah. Because Carrie will be talking to you when I'm watching Hogan's Heroes on TV. And uh, you know where that road is going. Let's pray that God would reveal himself and the truth of his word for us in whatever way we need to hear it. God knows best how to get your attention. Amen? We need to be praying that he would reveal himself to us and increase our understanding and experience of who he is. I'm going to repeat that one. Let's pray that he would reveal himself to us and increase our understanding and experience of who he is. You and I as Christ followers, we 
this right here, especially when we're entering uncharted territory around us. We need God's wisdom and the Holy Spirit's wisdom now more than ever before to rightly discern what is happening, not just across our country, but maybe in our very own neighborhood, among our own family, or around the world. Amen? We need God's wisdom. Let's pray that He would reveal Himself to us and provide us with discernment and wisdom regarding decisions we are faced with. By the way, in the church app, all of these bullet points are are listed out for you as well. Let's pray that he would reveal himself to us, that he might continue to sustain us in the unique and challenging season of life and ministry we have found ourselves in since March of last year. I want to tell you, 2020 was a great year for me. I'm serious. 2020 was a great year for me. I lost my job, which was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I'm serious. And God opened up another job for me. And God uh, has blessed Karen and I greatly in 2020. The psoriasis that I had been uh, dealing with for the last couple of years has, has cleared up. 2020 was a rough year for people, and I'm not in any way attempting to negate that. What I'm telling you is that even in the midst of famine, you can still have a season of blessing. Come on. We need God to reveal himself to us in new, dynamic ways for what is coming. For what is coming. We need God to show himself to us. God wants to show himself to you. God wants to take you to deeper levels, deeper waters. God wants to take you to places that you've never been before. That And that actually may be literal. God wants to use you for his purpose, for his glory in Ephesians chapter 2. God wants to do something dynamic in your life so that everybody can look at you and say, wow, look at Stephanie, wow, look at Deborah, wow, look at Alex, look at Alex. (laughs) No, no, God wants to do something in you so that you have the opportunity to say, let me introduce you to Jesus. It is about him and him alone. So let's be praying that God would reveal himself, not only to us, but to Pastor Billy, Pastor Matt, Pastor Kristen, and the elders, so that we can be the leadership that God has called us to in this church. Amen? We must be praying for the lost. We must be praying for the lost. In Luke 19, verse 10, The scripture says that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. And Luke 10 says that. Luke 4.18 says this. 
Jesus is quoting uh, Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to see free, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And you know what? And that mission is for you and I. body of believers that I pray specifically for over the next year. That I pray specifically for over the next year. We have missionaries in this church. Let me say it this way, a better way to say it. Are we praying for our missionaries that are in the mix? Just a, a helpful reminder. We've got to be praying for Nadine. We need to be praying for our missionaries here across the river so that they can be the ministers that God has called them to to win the lost. Are we praying for the lost? If you can't preach, that's fine. You can still share your testimony. You can still share the gospel. You can still share what God has done for you. We must be praying for the lost. We need to pray that the Lord might bring home the prodigals who have walked away from a life of faithfulness. Let me just stop there for just a quick second. How many of you have known someone who's actually walked away from the faith? We, we've got them in our family. Okay, Close my mouth. Close my mouth. But, but I, I know people who have walked away from a life of faith. We need to be praying that God would bring home the prodigals. We need to be praying that the Lord would bring home our spouses, bring home our sons and daughters and grandchildren, and bring home our friends and neighbors. We need to pray that God would set them free from any wounds or deception that has driven them away from their relationship with the Lord. We need to be praying that they might experience God's love and acceptance and affirmation as his beloved daughters and sons. We need to be praying for the lost in our midst. We must be praying for the lost. We must be praying for the lost. Again, if, if you haven't been current on, on what's happening, and, and and uh, we've been talking in our house, we've been talking about the end times for the last several days, actually. In fact, I found a, a, a big map. There used to be an evangelist who would travel around. He was out of Gastonia, and I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. And he had this big end times map, and it would, it would stretch out across the whole platform. And I mean, it would take a week or so to go through it. <laughs> Almost a timeline event of the end times. And, and I had a copy of it and folded it out on the table. And Allison's like, Dad, let's walk through the end times. Well, that's not something you can do for me. And, um, and, but I got it out. We looked at some specific scriptures and specific things. And, um, and uh, I mentioned to Catherine, I think it was Catherine the other day. And, uh, and she said, Dad, you've been said, you said we've been living in the end times forever. <laughs> and I said, well, that's true, actually. In the 70s, we were living in the end time. 
In the 60s, we were living in the end times. We, we have been living in the end times for, for a while. And if you're familiar with those books from Hal Lindsey and others, and but we see it more and more where we're being set up for a one-world kingdom. We're being set up for a one-world government. I mean, it, it's, it's obvious. And that's not anything we need to be fearful of. We need to understand that God has a plan. And nothing is going to stop that plan. No devil in hell is going to stop that plan. And God has a plan for you and I. But I don't want, when I was describing the tribulation and, and the bowls of wrath and other things that are going to happen during the tribulation to Allison, we don't want to be here and we shouldn't want others to be here. Amen. That was an amen point. We need to be praying for the lost because we don't want people to go through God's judgment. We don't want people to go through God's judgment. We want people to experience God's grace and healing and mercy. You see, I want to tell you that you, you can follow any religion you want to that's out there. Man, you can pray to that rock or that tree. You can pray to the sun or the stars. You can follow Buddha. You can follow Muhammad. You can follow whatever you want. But I'm here to tell you that you can search all these religions that are out there. And Jesus is the only one that died on the cross, not only for my sins, but for your sins. And not only did he die on the cross, but he rose again three days later, proving that he was the son of God. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us that, he, that his grace and his mercy is real. It's not anything we have to do or can do to earn his grace and his mercy. Jesus loves us because he loves us. Jesus loves us as we are. He loves you as you are. And no matter what has been done to you or what you've done, God can heal you because he loves you. He can set you free because he loves you. And the Bible says the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It is Jesus. It is only Jesus. And he loves you passionately. He cares about you just as you are. And that's why he's always there, standing at the door, knocking at the door of your heart. Asking him to come in. Asking him to come in. And my friends, there's people in your family that need to hear that same message. There's people that you know that need to hear that same message. Those young soccer people that you have influence over need to hear that. I know they are. There's people that you work with that need to know that there's something different about you and it's Jesus. We must be praying for the lost. see, God's favor was upon Joseph in Genesis 39. God's favor was upon Esther. God's favor was upon Mary and Luke. And God's favor was even upon Jesus himself. 
2 Corinthians verse 8 says this, And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Stephanie, I'm going to ask you if you would to come to the piano. 2 Corinthians 8. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Man, you ought to underline that, highlight it, write it down, memorize it. I'm going to read it one more time. These aren't my words. This is what Paul wrote under the influence of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 8. And God is able. God is able. I'm telling you that that means he can do it and he will do it. God is able. To make every grace overflow to you. To you. To you, Susan Lawson. To you, Norman. To you, Jim. God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, in everything you do for Him, in every way, always having something you need, you may excel in every good work. God has an anointing for you, a purpose for you, and a blessing for you. Hallelujah. Proverbs 3. 3 through 4 says, do not let grace and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor with God and, excuse me, you, then you will win favor and esteem in the sight of God and man. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's not anything you've done earned, achieved. There's nothing you can do to achieve God's favor. It is God's gift. His grace and His mercy that flows to you is His gift to you. I'm not good enough, Brother Jim. You don't know what's in my past. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what's been done to me. And God is saying to you right now, That his grace through faith is a gift. You don't have to do anything. He's giving it to you. His love for you, he's giving it to you. It's not from works so that anyone can boast. For we are his creation. Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good work. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works. 
God created you and he saved you and he filled you with the power of his Holy Spirit for a purpose. For a purpose. Uh, Brother Jim, I appreciate what you're saying, but again, Brother Jim, you don't know what's happened in my life. You don't know what garbage I've been or seen or have done or what's been done to me. You, you just don't know the, the uh, uh, volume of garbage that's in my life. I'm here to tell you I don't, but God does. And he loves you anyway. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that he created you for a purpose. Verse 9 says that which he, God prepared ahead of time so that we could walk in it. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. Brother Jim, I don't understand how the garbage in my life can work for good. I don't either, but I know that God can, if he can raise Jesus from the dead, then he can raise us from the dead too. And not only that, but he can take the, 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 the pitiful things in our life and, and turn it into something that can be used for his glory. You and I need to be seeking and praying for God's favor, for that his purposes in our lives can be accomplished. We need to be praying for favor. Because favor is the attraction of God that releases an influence through us so that other people are inclined to like us, trust us, and cooperate with, with us in the assignment that God has given us. The favor of the Lord can come upon us for the purpose of an assignment He has given us. It is not something we generate. It is something that God places upon us. The favor of God can take us from the place we're in to a place of influence and effectiveness for His purposes. I need to get out of here before I forget to tell you this. The favor of God can take us from where we are, the place that we're in, to a place of influence and effectiveness for His purposes, not our purposes. A great example of that is Joseph in the Old Testament and others. We need to pray that the favor of God may be upon us as we seek to carry out the mission of the gospel wherever God has placed us. Wherever God has placed us. Wherever God has placed us. We need to pray for His favor upon us so we can be about his business where he's placed us. Let's pray, Lord, do whatever you need to do in me. You can do whatever you want to do through me. Let's pray these things so that millions might be impacted by God's love and God's power through the Holy Spirit. I can't get past close on this. I'm going to have a time of prayer. God is not interested in you coming in here week in, week out. Singing songs and 
putting some money in the basket and taking some risks and feeling good about yourself because you went to church. And God's not interested in that. After what we've seen in 2020 come into this country, we cannot afford to go back to business as usual. Come on. You and I can't afford to go back to coming into church and thinking how comfortable we are. God is not interested in your comfort. He's not interested in my comfort. And God is interested in you being used for His glory. I want the church doors to be open. I want this place to be filled. I want people at the altar worshiping and getting saved. I do. So it's, I'm not anti-four walls church. But I'm here to tell you that God is not interested in your comfort. We must be about the Father's business in 2021. We must not only be about discipling others, but seeing the lost come to know Jesus as their Savior. We must be praying for the lost. We must be praying for God's favor. And, and the power of the Holy Spirit to empower us even more so. I want to close on this. And I just want to compel some of you. This is just not for someone who might not be walking with the Lord, but this is for every one of us. If you've ever doubted what God's plan is for your life, if you've ever doubted your purpose, and you're looking at the king of doubters, to just get transparent with you for a moment. Ask Carrie. She's been married to me for 32 years. But if you've ever doubted what God has called you for or to do, it is just that. It is doubt. And it'll drive a wedge between what God wants for you and what you ultimately God has a plan and a purpose for you because He loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for you regardless of your age or your condition or your situation or place in life. God has a purpose for you. You've heard me say that before many times because He loves you. And if you ever doubt what God's plan is for you, if you ever doubt that God loves you, look at Ephesians 3, 8, 9 or, or read all of, all of Ephesians 3 because Paul sums up the gospel in one succinct place in Ephesians 2. And it's about God's grace and His mercy that it's free. It's a gift to you. Even after you've come to know the Lord and Savior, maybe you've served God for 50 years. The truth of Ephesians 2, 8, 9 hasn't changed. That He, he loves you. And that He has a plan for you and a purpose for you. And God wants to use you in these last days. Not so that you can be a big goofball like me, but so that people would see Jesus in you. So that people would see that Jesus still heals, that he still restores, he still sets the captives free. So I want to lay out a challenge to you today. It's about his grace. It's about the love of a father 
and a love for you that she can't even comprehend and neither can I. She can't even measure it. But I want you to take a look at yourself. Because I'm telling you, you can't come to God until you look at yourself. You can't come to God until you're willing to face yourself and realize that I need more of Him every day. What an appropriate song this is. We need it more every day. And in these last days, under these challenges that we're looking at in 21 and beyond, we need more of Jesus. We need more of the Holy Spirit. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you so much that He's willing to look at you exactly as you are. And give you that gift of grace to then take it away. Welcome home. Come on, Jesus. Come on home. Open your hands. We just pray. I have a question. You don't really have to respond if you don't want to, but if you want to respond, you can raise your hand. favor. How many of you need that in your life? I want to tell you I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you that if you are comfortable where you are that is a very dangerous place to be. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego couldn't afford to be humble, uh, couldn't afford to be uh, comfortable. They had to make a decision. Please decide. Father, in the name of Jesus, take a moment and we ask God that you would reveal yourself to us intimately Father I pray that you would reveal who you are the truth of your word deeply in our hearts and Father, reveal yourself to us in a powerful, dynamic, fresh way. Father, reveal yourself to us. Father, we take a moment out of our service to pray for the lost. Father, you, you know the loved ones that I have that have done that very thing. 
Father, all I can all I can do is sit and bask in your favor and your grace. Father, the, the deception that they've been following, I pray that its ugliness would and demonic uh, roots would be revealed in Jesus' name, and that they would come back home to the Father. Father, I, I just pray, God, for the lost. That we would be burdened for the lost. That they're not going to Father, we must be showing those around us love and bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home. God, here in Charlotte, North Carolina, give us a burden for the lost. Give us a desire to see the lost saved. And it's not that we need more doors open. Pray for the lost, but we also pray that we would be burdened for the lost. To see them come home. Father. Father, we, we pray for favor. Father, I just pray for favor among your people in the name of Jesus. Father, from one side of this room to the other, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit would just vigor, more energy, a more longing. Father, I pray, God, as, as I look across this congregation, Father, I am asking for a, a dunamis outpouring on your people, wherever they may serve, that they would serve you wholly, fully, and under the influence, anointing, and power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray for Pastor Billy and Melissa. We ask, Father, that your healing virtue would flow upon them in Jesus' name. Touch them, continue to strengthen them, restore their health. Father, give their bodies rest, and we just rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for the entire Miller family, that they would be protected from COVID, that they would, they would have health and strength and vitality. And Father, we pray for a hedge of protection around the Miller family in Jesus' name. Father, I pray, God, that your will would be done in this place and among your people. In Jesus' name.